Hello and welcome to On Topic with IU. My name is Kenny Smith with the Media School at Indiana University, Bloomington. Today I'm joined by Tom Dzinski, who is an epidemiologist at the Fairbanks School of Public Health at IUPUI in Indianapolis. Tom, you've been a field epidemiologist for the Indiana State Department of Health. You've led the investigation into a number of disease outbreaks, and you've served as the director of the field epidemiology program for Indiana's Department of Health as well. I imagine this kind of expertise would make you very popular at dinner parties if people were having those right now. So thanks for joining us today, and I'll try to ask you some of those dinner party questions today as well. Great. Thank you for the opportunity. When last we talked, you and I, there was a lot that we were still learning about the coronavirus, still a lot to be learned, but what have been the most important things that we're discovering or understanding in the last few weeks? We're really understanding how much what we call penetrance, uh, which is how much disease is in the state of Indiana and really across the U.S. Uh, As we get more and more testing done, uh, it's really helped us Uh, kind of discover the fact that we have asymptomatic infections, people that have had the disease, had no signs or symptoms, um, and have recovered uh, from this disease. Those are really important epidemiological qualities uh, in a disease such as COVID-19 because it tells us then uh, who may have antibodies that could protect them against a future infection or at least uh, maybe allow us to collect serum from these individuals that will help others uh, recover from the disease. There are some still early reports of a mutated version of the coronavirus. If the scientific and medical observation on this hold up, looks like it could be a more contagious version. Should we be the same amount of worried or more worried if that's the case? You know, when we talk about mutation, this is what viruses do, is they mutate to their environment, just like we all do, right? We put on a winter coat when it's cold out, and uh, viruses are are mutating to their environment as well. Um, We are going to see mutations in this virus. We've already seen mutations in this virus, and we're going to see them again. Um, You know, the contagiousness of it, the um, outcomes of it, uh, all can vary on those mutations that occur. Uh, So to say this is more contagious, uh, that may in fact be true since it's mutated from an animal strain uh, and now is totally a person-to-person strain, uh, that we don't need those animal reservoirs any longer to be infected. When we started this in March, the idea was to bend the curve. It was about giving hospitals a chance to not be overwhelmed by patients. We wanted to avoid a shortage of beds and ventilators in the early going. And simultaneously, there was a thought that testing could grow and medical capacities could expand and so on. A lot of objectives there. How are we doing on meeting those objectives here in Indiana? Right. So bending the curve, I think, is starting to occur, uh, or at least a leveling off of that curve. So that curve that everybody is talking about is what's known as an epidemic curve, right? All it does is plot the number of cases over time. Uh, and we do this with any outbreak of disease. We, we plot an epidemic curve so that we could see, uh, are we growing or are we on the downswing? Um, and right now, uh, I would say we're in that kind of leveling off, which means that the things that we've done as society, the social distancing, uh, the good hand washing, uh, are actually having an effect on this. Uh, particular disease and that we we are leveling off. I don't think we're quite on the downswing yet, but we're we're not growing in terms of hospitalizations 
at the same pace that we were, say, a week or two weeks ago. Now, the number of cases might still actually be going up, but hospitalizations are definitely leveling off. So we're talking studying key indicators and even just the numerical trends that you mentioned there. That part at least seems a straightforward idea. So the moves that states are making right now, this is more of a function of facts on the ground over moving goalposts. Is that right? Um, I think so. I think if I understand your question correctly, this is uh, the, the information that is being utilized uh, to like reopen economy and stuff like that should be based on what we're seeing in the population, right? Uh, and we'll continue to monitor this population uh, for the duration of this pandemic because uh, that will inform us, did we open too quickly or are we moving too fast? Uh, and that we may have to take a step back um, from reopening the economy fully. The data and the facts that we're following, I don't want to oversimplify the work that health and medical experts are doing here at all. There is a data analysis. These aren't just wild guesses that people are undertaking. Is that right? That's correct. Um, here at the Fairbanks School of Public Health, one of the first things we had done to assist uh, in the pandemic response in the state of Indiana was model hospitalizations and uh, the need for hospital beds, uh, the need for ICU beds and ventilators, uh, and even maybe predict uh, how many cases are going to die because of this disease. And what this does is it provides hospitals with a map of what to expect that, that they then can prepare for. Um, uh, what we're seeing though with this bending of hospitalizations or this flattening out uh, has given hospitals a breathing room to say okay maybe if we keep doing what we're doing we can actually start going down and not be as overwhelmed uh, as maybe we were initially. More with Tom Dzinski in a moment but first a word from On Topic with IU's Emily Miles. Thanks Kenny. I had the privilege of talking with Kaylee Shearer who manages the Hilltop Garden and Nature Center here at IU. We walk through the ways people can start home gardens and get involved with community gardens. Audrey Hepburn said, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And Lady Bird Johnson said, where flowers bloom, so does hope. I think in this time of shared uncertainty, planting a garden can really be an enjoyable and hopeful activity that families can share together. You can hear more of this conversation with Kaylee Shearer in another of our recent episodes of On Topic with IU. Thanks, Emily. We're talking with Tom Dzinski, who is an epidemiologist teaching at IUPUI, and we're talking about risk assessments in a way then. Risk assessments are being determined on a governmental level, when to open, on a corporate level, when to open my store or restaurant, and we're all going to be making these kind of assessments on a personal level too. Masks, social distancing, washing our hands. Those are just facts of life going forward. What else should I consider? A couple things you need to consider as an individual um, is your own age, right? Age we know is the biggest risk factor associated with this disease. Uh, so as you get older, you put you at higher risk for more severe outcome. Other factors that you need to consider is your own personal health. If you have what we call comorbid conditions, things like hypertension or high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, all of those things put you at higher risk for a severe outcome, right? Those are, those are challenging your immune system already. So then if you got co-infected, 
with this particular disease puts you at higher risk. So you have to assess your own risk um, and what you know what you can do to protect yourself. Still, good hand washing, social distancing uh, are some of the best methods we have currently. There's something of a careful and close waiting game that we're about to see here as we try to see in these next few weeks how these now opening states begin to fare. Is it possible that we could see some states look to reverse direction again? Absolutely. One of the things that we've discussed at length here in the school and uh, with others, including hospitals and nursing homes, is the long incubation period for this, right? So we've got anywhere from two to 14 days. That means from the time you were exposed until you develop symptoms could be two to 14 days in length. So as things start to reopen, we have a couple of weeks of watching uh, to see what the disease patterns are beginning to look like. Are the number of cases going up? Are hospitalizations starting to go up? Are we getting people with more severe outcomes? If we start to see that, we may actually have to pull back a little bit and do more social distancing uh, to keep those cases from occurring. So there are conversations, preemptive conversations about that taking place, I would assume, among a state's experts. Among Indiana's experts, there must be a table, an idea of acceptable numbers. And I'm not asking you to say a number, but that's a way that it's being processed, right? At a certain point, these curves may be working against us again. That's correct. So what we do is we, we basically look historically back, right? We could look back and say, all right, which direction are we heading now? If we're starting to reopen the economy and we stay level or even begin to decline, then we're moving in the right direction. Obviously, um, if those numbers start to go up more than what we'd expect them to, um, which is really helps us define what like an outbreak, an epidemic, a pandemic are is more than expected, then we would say that we're maybe moving too quickly and we might need to pull back or at least put the brakes on. You've talked about how testing is going to be an important part of the process and getting everything back up to some semblance of normal. How is that coming along as we see the state working into this next phase? I think the state's done a a really good job, actually, in increasing the testing capacity, uh, not only here in Indianapolis, but across the entire state. State Department of Health, the governor's office, uh, FSSA have all really helped Uh, facilitate expanded testing. Even private companies like Eli Lilly here in Indianapolis have been assisting with that. Everybody's kind of on the same page of recognizing the importance of testing, understanding how much disease is out there in the population, and what that can tell us in terms of how quickly we can maybe get things going again. Is that a component that we will continue to see expand, and should we see it expand? Yes, we have to keep testing uh, at this point until we basically the pandemic ends. Uh, I think testing is going to remain very important uh, for the very near future and probably into the distant future, depending on what this disease does. And uh, there's been some speculation that this is going to become something like a seasonal disease like influenza, or we might experience a second wave which we've seen in previous pandemics. So I think that testing is going to be around. Uh, It definitely helps the clinical community to say what this disease really is, right? Does this individual have COVID-19 or is it something else? Uh, So I think testing is going to be around for some time. There's been a lot of talk about contact tracing in the disease surveillance stage. Are we ready for that to scale up as people begin the process of getting more out and about? 
I think that's going to be a really important component of reopening the economy is contact tracing, right? This idea that as we detect cases, can we surround them? Can we get our arms around these individuals and people they've been in contact with uh, as a way to minimize that spread in the population, right? The more information we have, um, about the people that the cases have been in contact with, we could then reach out to those individuals and say, you may have been exposed, please watch for signs and symptoms, contact your physician. Uh, and again, in an effort to, to minimize the, the continued spread of this disease. And finally, the last time you and I spoke, I asked you what unknown things would epidemiologists like to know at that time? With several more weeks of study and data collection now in hand, I'd like to ask you that again. What do epidemiologists want to know right now? You know, as an epidemiologist, I want to test everybody, right? What that does is provide me with, with a denominator that I can then calculate, you know, morbidity and mortality rates in the population. Uh, and I'm really happy to see the state of Indiana has... Uh, gone that extra mile to expand testing. That's going to give us so much more information um, than what we previously had even weeks ago. Tom Dzinski with the Fairbanks School of Public Health at IUPUI. Thanks for joining us today. Always happy to be here and thanks again for the opportunity. And we thank you for joining us as well. For more information, follow us on social media. On Topic with IU is on Facebook and Twitter. You can subscribe and download this podcast from services like SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search On Topic with IU on your favorite podcast provider. And on social media, be sure to search the hashtag InThisTogether to stay up to date on the broader statewide campaign. For On Topic with IU, I'm Kenny Smith.